0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Modern Contracting Podcast. I am your host, John Enquist. Um, I'm also the founder CEO of Subtrack, which is a construction software platform that helps contractors systemize their workflows and manage their projects better. So if you haven't checked that out, go to subtract.com, Check that out. Um, I was also the vice president at Andy's roofing company here in the Bay area, uh, worked there for about 15 years. So I've been around the block a little bit. And in this podcast, I hope to share with you some tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way. So that you can run your construction companies better as well. Hopefully we can educate your team members and provide you with little nuggets that will will make the world of construction uh, a little bit easier for you. So welcome back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe um, to this podcast. But also if you want, you can go to LinkedIn and connect uh, with me, John Enquist. Or you can connect with SubTrack on LinkedIn to make sure you stay up to date with all of these Modern Contracting Podcast episodes, as well as any Modern Contracting blog content um, that we're posting. We try to post regularly once a week, a blog, and also a podcast. So go check that out. I think it'll be really worth your while. Um, hopefully, you'll pick a few things up every week that you can use to improve your business. Uh, I'm happy to share. So. You can also subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We're, we're pumped to have episode two kicking off right now. And for this podcast, I wanted to talk about how to navigate client relationships when projects go sideways. I do a little bit of coaching in my spare time for contractors. And recently I had a contractor uh, who couldn't sleep, uh, emailed me at about two o'clock in the morning, uh, saying, "Hey, John, can you take a look at this email that I want to send back to this construction manager, um, and let me know let me know your thoughts on it?" So, read the email, and it was just it, it was just not good. Um, the construction manager had complained about um, the contractor's superintendent. There were some things going on on the project that the construction manager was just really not happy with. And as these emails tend to go, it was um, a buildup of things, right? It wasn't just one thing. It was um, a whole number of things that had led to the construction manager uh, wanting to basically uh, replace the the superintendent uh, on the project. And so I kind of, I was trying to reword the email and make it a little softer, a little nicer, um, a little bit more accountability in there. but you know, ultimately um, I had to stop and just kind of tell the contractor, hey look, they're kind of right. So there's no amount of deflection or uh, defensiveness that's gonna get you out of this scenario. Uh, instead what this needs is a is a gentler and more empathetic approach to what the construction manager um, is trying to tell you and the concerns that they're raising. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to share with you guys. Uh, how I would go about navigating a situation like this. So we wrote a blog article at moderncontracting.com. It was about how to navigate a construction project that's gone sideways. Okay. And, and then particularly how to navigate that client relationship uh, once the project kind of gets away from you. And I, I'm sure we've all been on a project before um, where things just, you can't seem to get them back on track. Something goes wrong, you fix it. Another thing goes wrong, you tr- you're in the process of fixing it, and then something else goes wrong, and it, and it just kind of builds on top of each other. And these problems just grow. Meanwhile, you're you're really stressed out, and you're trying to fix a situation, and your client is just getting more and more annoyed. Uh, they're losing confidence not only in your team to complete the project, but it feels like they're losing confidence in you. So. I wanted to discuss how you can navigate that situation and even turn it into a positive for you and your company and your team down the line. So in this particular case, the construction manager was mad about a whole number of things. Poor installation. There were some safety issues. Um, Apparently, some employees were were tossing material off of a roof uh, and that was unsafe. Um, some staging issues. Uh, they had put the bathroom in the wrong place and blocked some parking spaces. And But finally, what was a straw that broke the camel's back was that the superintendent decided to load some material on a day that was explicitly stated in the contract that there was to be no work. So that was kind of the last straw. The construction manager had had it at that point. Um, didn't think that they could work with the superintendent anymore. The communication was just not there. They were not getting what they wanted. And so they wanted to replace the superintendent on the project. And so obviously the the contractor was kind of losing sleep over this, it had been a bad project from the start. Obviously these things tend to boil up um, if you don't address them immediately. And even people can sometimes uh, harbor these resentments and they can let one thing go, they can let two things go, but on that third, fourth, fifth thing, they're gonna blow up and they're gonna send you a nasty email that says, here are all the things that you're not doing And they're going to take it to that place and you can't really blame them to be honest with you. So let's go through um, some keys to navigating these types of client relationships after kind of things go wrong and you're trying to get things back on track. The first thing you want to do is to try to understand the client's perspective and a simple phrase that I repeat to myself when I'm trying to understand why someone would do what they're doing or why someone would feel the way that they're feeling is why would a rational person Either do the thing that they're doing or feel the way that they're feeling, okay? Sometimes we tend to think that, oh, this person's just out to get me or, you know, they just have a vendetta against me or they just have a bias or things like that. But the first thing you should always do when you hear a complaint from someone is give them the benefit of the doubt. If we assume that they're thinking clearly and they're a person kind of just like us, why would they want to write this email to me? Why would they complain in this manner to me? Why would they want to write this letter to me? The first step is to try to understand what's going on there. And then you want to think, what would it be like if the tables were turned? If I was the client and I hired a contractor to work on my home, my business property, my investment property, try to put yourself in their shoes. Would you be happy with your contractor doing all those things? You need to try to understand why they're complaining to you in the first place, right? What is the crux of why they are upset? And then the second step is to just kind of acknowledge the client's feelings. You know, clients are people. Newsflash clients are people. So just like any other person, they want to feel understood and acknowledged, right? When they say something to you, they want to know that you're hearing it and you're understanding it and you're acknowledging it. You're taking the time to really empathize with their complaints, right? And trying to understand what they need right? If you come off and you're not understanding what they need, you may become defensive. You may offer solutions that are not really solving the crux of their problem, and that can just make it worse. So it's imperative that you try to understand their feelings. Then avoid getting defensive. Don't get defensive. Getting defensive helps no one, right? It may help your ego temporarily to say, hey, that wasn't really our fault, or it was my supplier who did things, or it was the material that was wrong, or it was... All of these excuses, but no one wants to work with someone who's defensive and your client will just think that you're immature, that you really can't get it done, that you will not accept any blame and it will just perpetuate a contentious relationship for the remainder of the project. When really your goal should be smoothing things over and just getting it done. Don't take it personally, take it as a learning opportunity so that you can fix it and improve for the next time. What you want is you want to view the customer's grievances as valuable feedback that you can use to improve your company, as well as an opportunity to show them that you have a commitment to quality and that you can really handle their project in a professional way. You know, and if you don't handle this situation well, you're really opening yourself up to a whole bunch of problems, right? You should kind of feel lucky that the customer is voicing their concerns to you in the first place, right? There's other avenues they could have gone to vent their frustrations. You know, you could be opening yourself up to legal consequences, uh, financial ramifications. They could go online and badmouth you. There's just a whole world of possibilities that you want to uh, nip in the bud. What you don't want is to be dragged into a lawsuit down the line. You know, it is far cheaper to fix these problems in the complaint stage than it is to wait and find out what happens when the lawyers get involved, right? So with all that being said, we kind of developed a contractor's plan of action, uh, some steps that you can follow in order to make sure that you are handling yourself in a a professional manner uh, when you receive these types of complaints. Let's dive into what we can do to make the situation better and even improve our relationship and our company in the long run. So step number one is allow time to cool down. Okay, that means time for you to cool down, time for them to cool down. And what you really want to do is avoid firing an email right back to them. That's the worst thing you can do, or calling them up and yelling about whatever they uh, complained about. Take some breaths, take five minutes, take an hour, preferably you're waiting until the next day to write them back. When you get into work the next day, hopefully you'll have a clearer head, you'll have gotten some rest, take some time and wait until the next day to respond to them. Okay. Second step is give them a call. A call is much more personal than responding to their email. In an email, you kind of feel like I have to match point for point what they're saying, right? And that's not really what you want to do because we don't want to make excuses for all of the things that they're complaining about, right? We want to own it. The fact is that those things happened, right? And whether it's your fault, whether it was your supplier's fault, whether it was the weather's fault, whoever's fault it was, they're not getting the product that they are paying for and that they were hoping for. So anyone can fire back at an email and it's very convenient, but it's so impersonal. And what you want to do here is you want to really convey that, you know, you're a human too, and that you're listening to them and that you're understanding what they're saying and that you think it's bad also, and that you're going to make sure that it never happens again. Here's a sentence that you can kind of start off your call with. Feel free to adjust it, but it gets the main point across. So that sentence is, I spent some time thinking about your concerns and I want to apologize for what has happened with the project. It is unacceptable and we're going to take steps to make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. And if you can convey that general idea to your client on this phone call, they will be much more at ease with you. You'll have showed them that you thought about what they said. You took it to heart. You understand where they're coming from and agree with them that it's unacceptable. And here are the things that I thought about that we are going to do to make this better going forward. The next thing you wanna do is after you have that kind of opening statement, you want to make sure that you are really communicating open and honestly. You want to build up trust again. You've lost a great amount of trust with this client. And so what you need to do is rebuild trust. And the best way to do that is to be transparent you need to put special attention onto this project and to open up that communication with this client. What you wanna do is provide context about the limitations that you're facing. So as you continue on this project, if something comes up that is a challenge for you, think about whether the customer is going to be okay. Remember, put yourself in their shoes. If I was the customer, would I be okay with my contractor taking this next step? If the answer is, "Eh, I don't think that I would be okay with this, you need to reach out to your client And you need to communicate with them and say, hey, we're trying to continue work on the project, but this is the limitation we're facing. What do you think we should do? And by communicating it openly and honestly, you're providing context about the limitations that your company is facing, right? And the customer is more likely to be agreeable with you and to understand where you're coming from if you bring them into that process. And that kind of leads us into step number four, which is collaborating and finding a solution with your client. And when you bring the client into that decision-making process, you're doing a number of things. First, you're making sure that you are understanding what their needs are and you're offering them to provide their input to make sure that your path forward is one that they're gonna be okay with as well. And perhaps most importantly, uh, when you bring your client in on the decision-making process, you're making sure that you are both on the same team. Whereas before they were complaining and you were defending But by communicating with them what your problem is, what your limitations are from your company, you're allowing them to offer input as a teammate to get this project done. And that will really improve your relationship for the remainder of the project. Okay, so we gave them a call. We made sure that we let them know that we thought about their concerns. We understand them. We agree with them. We came up and collaborated with them on the next steps that should be taken. Um, That's a great phone call. The next step after you have that great phone call is to send that follow up email, right? You want to document what was said. You want to document what next steps were discussed and you don't really want to focus on the past, right? You don't want to worry about, oh, I need to go back and address all of these complaints one by one and, and get defensive all over again. That's not what this email is about. This email is about looking forward look, great, great talking with you today. Glad we could work out a solution that works for both of us. Here's what we're committed to going forward. Let me know if you have any questions, that type of, you know, that type of an email, um, be fine. Okay. And that brings us to our next step, which is that you really need to stick to those promises. Okay. This is your second chance, right? You're not going to be given a third. So you better, actually put some attention onto this project and make sure that nothing else happens. So take some accountability, be proactive with this project, and make sure that all the things that you're promising them come true, okay? The last step in this process is to learn from your mistakes and put safeguards in place to make sure these sorts of things don't happen again, right? And you can do this by updating your standard operating procedures with a product like Subtrack. Um, but really the key is to make sure that you're using this as a teaching moment for your team. Don't be afraid to let the rest of your team know what you encountered on this project. How can we prevent this going forward? Like I said, a great way to do that is to update your standard operating procedures, train your team based off of this new information. Uh, Perhaps you need to put different safeguards in place um, to make sure your quality is better, your safety is better, right? Your communication is better. Whatever it is, think about that. Reflect on this moment so that you can make your company better going forward. Implement all of those thoughts into your training program so that new hires and current employees alike can get the benefit of learning from this mistake. Okay, so that's about it. Um, The next time you get that angry email in your inbox, calm down a little bit. Try to be empathetic and understand where the customer is coming from make some commitments that you think that they will um, appreciate, Um, talk with them about it, be open, be honest, um, bring them into the decision-making process, um, and and you will just completely turn around that that relationship if you approach it from that empathetic uh, and sincere way. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Modern Contracting Podcast. Um, Again, Modern Contracting is sponsored by Subtrack, the workflow management platform for contractors. You know, I was a contractor for 15 years and I struggled, um, to keep track of things in my business. I had a, I had a long mental to do list of all the things I needed to do every day. My employees had the same. And so I wanted a platform where we can put all of our to do's into one system. And that would also help us track projects, track standard operating procedures, and really document the system that made our company what it was. So that way we could train people easier and ultimately prevent people from standing around not knowing how to do something and ultimately save a lot of money. So if you're interested in using Subtrack, go to Subtrack.com, sign up today. You can become a free founding member. You get all sorts of perks like priority access, 25% off for life, extended onboarding, extended customer support. Um, you work with me, we'll get Subtract set up working for you. We'll systemize your business together. And I, I think you'll have a lot of success with it. And I'll help you save a lot of money, help you grow and hire um, in the way that you want. So Subtract.com, sign up today to become a free founding member. If you like the content on this podcast, you can go ahead, like, and subscribe. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Again, I'm John Enquist. Thank you for listening to the Modern Contracting Podcast. And until next time, happy contracting.